welcome to a special episode of community pod it is special in that it's veering slightly away from what i was going to talk about in the season although the season is still continuing so thank you for those who have listened so far and if you haven't please do but it isn't special in the sense that it would be a miss for me not to talk about what is happening right now with the black lives matter movement uh, and essentially what we as black people are dealing with and have been dealing with for many 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 years so i'm going to get straight to it uh, for those who don't know i'm a learning development partner uh, i've been in the industry just under eight years and i am that part of hr that doesn't focus with pay and doesn't focus on uh, employee relations as such and not in the very um kind of generic um transactional way but very much looking at that growth and development for yourselves in your career and i like to think an extension of your life as well so in that remit um i have actually been uh asked to to put something together around what we can do as black people to really make sure we are as comfortable as uh vibrant as everessence as my um as my sister likes to say uh in the workplace and so i've come up with four tips that i have found particularly useful i think everyone is going through such a change within themselves as well you know years of oppression that we have felt is all being unearthed so there are things that you know we are learning now and hopefully this um audio or this video whichever way you're choosing to listen to this uh, will be of benefit to you so the first tip that i um have today is essentially stop being afraid uh, and i say that from a very personal place because when i when i first started seeing kind of the the uproar as to what was happening with george floyd obviously i was as angry as everybody else what happened to him was an absolute injustice i really hope they throw the book at all his murderers those who were explicit and those who were complicit in it but when all of that became unearthed and people really started rising up and, and really becoming angry and, and, and actually saying, you know, enough is enough, a part of me actually felt quite ashamed. And the reason for that was simply because I had realised that years of years of being suppressed in the workplace and sometimes even out of the workplace made me become quite numb to the oppression that I face as a black woman. You know as a black person and also as a woman those combined yeah there have definitely been a fair few microaggressions i have spoken about um or i've felt rather in and out of the workplace some of which i've spoken about on the podcast and and some of which or actually a lot of which i haven't necessarily spoken about and i know the way i feel in conversations i've had with my friends and my family as well um other people have felt too uh, throughout their life so that's the first thing i will say you know, don't be afraid stop being afraid of being your very you know your very self your 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 authentic self i know it's a very overused word right now but genuinely there is no other way to describe it because being authentic is actually just being very honest as to who you are and that might be someone who's or oh, i am hella awkward hella awkward <laughs> um but I embrace that as much as I possibly can. And I want to embrace that even 
more because I know that sometimes I shy away from it, most especially, you know, in the workplace where actually my awkwardness could benefit um, the work that I do. The fact that I think of things differently could benefit the the, the work that I do with, with others. So please, please, please do not be afraid. Um, and I think in particular as well, talking about the conversations that you are likely to have with your colleagues, you are likely to have with your white friends, um, your friends that aren't of colour as well. Do not be afraid to be honest as to how you feel because it is very, very valid. White privilege is real. I... It, it scares me that I never really, I, I always knew it, but I never really kind of openly said it, but I have forced myself to say it so many times because it is the honest truth. White privilege is real. Simply because you are born a different skin tone, you will be afforded certain privileges. And that is white privilege. Uh, white privilege. It's not something to feel ashamed about if you are a white person you're watching this it's not something to feel ashamed about it's something to accept to acknowledge and to make sure that you do not use that to your advantage um, and we'll go and talk about unconscious bias as well because i think um you know white privilege and unconscious bias go hand in hand in terms of being around people who are like you and, and not getting an understanding as to the diversity of of the world and actually what other people are experiencing that you just will not experience because you are a white person. As a black person, do not be afraid to speak on these things. Speak on your experiences, speak on how it makes you feel. Really focus on actually those changes that can be made to make sure that you feel included um, and others include you. Uh, and as a white person, acknowledge that white privilege is real. White privilege is real, real and think about, well, how do I combat that? How do I actively combat the the natural bias that has been ingrained in over centuries and centuries of white privilege? So that's the first one. Oh, I got through that. Okay, so the second one is unlearn code switching. Now, it's very interesting because I was having a conversation with my sister about this and, and she was the one who kind of gave a name to something that we have we've all experienced, um, most especially in the workplace, which is uh, code switching. And to define code switching, it is modifying one's behaviour or appearance to adapt to a different social cultural norm um, to remain, you know, respect respectable. And I use that inverted commas when I say that because um, everyone's definition of respectable is different and you know there are some if you work in the corporate corporate world words out if you work in the corporate world for example respectable obviously is not going to work in a bay top or not going to work in trainers when you are expected to present um a, a smart appearance you know we we can all appreciate that that is something that is that is very much based on kind of you uh, and your workplace and the expectations of that um but code switching for example a uh, very very common example is hair extensions as you can see i've got braids i have created myself um and it's very interesting because if i was to go into the workplace i know that a part of me would be anxious about having to code switch especially when having to answer questions about the fact that I've chosen to change my hair say from my natural hair 
to putting in extensions. It's, it's quite interesting because code switching is something that we have been doing for so long that it seems quite hard now we're at a place for change to, to unlearn it, but it's so important to, to really appreciate when you kind of look at the kind of nuances of it, to really appreciate that code switching in certain instances is just simply ignorance. It's simply ignorance because um, I was doing some research around um, extensions and braids and wigs and weaves uh, and the origins of um, wigs comes from the Egyptians, way, way back, BC, BC before Christ. And then was adopted by the Europeans with the powdered wigs. So I'm sure if you've kind of looked at Louis the Eighth or Seventh or Sixth or whatever, there was powdered wigs. And then it was revolutionised again in the 80s um, with black people, with clippings and then wigs um, and weaves as well. And this is something that is used across the board. So black people use wigs and weaves, white people use wigs and weaves, other people of colour use wigs and weaves. You know, it is something that is used across the board. But how often do you hear someone question someone else or rather someone question a white person if they put a new, you know, a new wig or a new extension on? It's just, oh, you know, your hair's been coloured. Oh, cool. Your hair's grown longer overnight it's almost like yeah that that's normal whilst if it's a black person with a black woman for example it's like oh sarah your hair oh wow it's has it grown is this your natural hair even though you damn well know that my hair is like that long and i've decided to put a long silky weave in you know i'm not barbie that you just pull my hair out so you know co-switching in that respect is trying to assimilate and trying to make other people feel comfortable um, to the fact that you've just chosen to do something different. It is very much a part of our culture and it being a part of our culture, it should be okay to go, you know, into the world in, in any, you know, world and embrace that as much as you possibly can. Going to the, the other side of things with people are wearing their natural hair. And, and again, I'll kind of go on to this being my final point around being in an environment that works best for you. But when you are code switching, essentially it, it hinders your own progress. It hinders your own performance because you are not, you're not realizing who you are. You're not realizing your most authentic self. And honestly, there's a workplace for everyone. So there shouldn't be the need to have to co-switch. So really, really important. I think that we all, and I include myself in that, unlearn that ability to co-switch. Something else I also wanted to mention as well, um, co-switching can also be a miseducation. So to co-switch is also not taking the opportunity to call out things when you see them. And I'll kind of include, you know, a, a male perspective in this. So for example, if you are, uh, client facing so as a male as a, as a black male as a black female if you are client facing and you see that for example you are expected to go out and act a certain way because maybe you're going to um black clients or you're going to clients that cater to a black audience the expectation the code switch is there we have to unlearn that by calling it out we have to unlearn it by saying oh actually what what is this assumption you have about black people that makes me the 
the the poster person and and you know in, in a lot of instances they bring you out just for that fact and you are more than your skin color yes it is on the surface and and it can be seen but you shouldn't be put into a particular color um so code switching sometimes is a miseducation code switching is when you kind of sit again assimilate and, and make yourself feel comfortable because of say what your employers want we need to unlearn that we need to call it out when we see it so yeah that's that's my my second point i just want to add as well sorry i've got my notes here, so i want to make sure i don't forget anything there's a particular po podcast which i absolutely love called the curve podcast so shout out to d and uh sov and uh, t of lagos you guys are amazing but they talk a lot about this especially within the corporate world uh, workplace because you now i'm quite blessing that I moved from the corporate workplace into um, the creative industry but I know some people um, may still think well this doesn't apply to me because I work in the corporate workplace and that they've talked on my podcast as well um, as their own around their struggles that they face working in very very corporate places and actually how they've navigated that so for a further education in terms of that co-switching and calling it out I definitely recommend listening to that podcast right on to my third point so my third point is a really 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 important point when we're talking about um you know how we can be our best selves in the workplace and beyond and something that applies again if you are watching this and you are not a person of color um this very much applies to you and this is what i was mentioning before around unconscious bias but i think this is something that everyone can take on board because unconscious bias does not allow for you to grow it doesn't allow for you to grow from a white perspective there is that element of white privilege but also from a black perspective it is appreciating how to make sure you get a holistic view of the world as much as some people may agree they may disagree this world is diverse it will never change it will always be diverse but we want to make sure it is the best kind of diversity and in order for that to happen we need to challenge unconscious bias so i'll kind of go through um the definition of unconscious bias I was very very lucky um to do some work on this and, and partner with some really amazing uh people go through what i've learned okay before we talk about unconscious bias First of all, we need to understand the difference between diversity and inclusion because you've probably seen it all over DNI, DNI, diversity. Um, you know, we're going to expand the diversity. We're going to make sure our environment's more inclusive. And a lot of people band those two words together, but they are different. They are not the same. So diversity is who we are and how we identify. So I am a black Christian woman, uh, for example, and inclusion is what and how we do things so i choose to communicate through the forum of conversations with others that is how i best choose to communicate and i love to gesticulate i love to move my arms loads and loads and loads when i'm talking so that's inclusion that's how i choose to do um things my way so when we're talking about unconscious bias it comes because while some diversity is seen on the surface so if you can see me right now you will see that i am a uh, a black woman that is surface you can see that immediately 
a lot of the diversity that is within each and every one of us is very much under the surface it's very much you know you can't see that if i didn't say that i was a christian woman you wouldn't know that i was a christian uh, and so because of that it's very very important for us to understand that that affects our environment and therefore affects how people choose to be inclusive or how you know how we we choose to be inclusive with one another if some of the things that essentially make up who we are is not visible and impact what we do so our diversity will impact our the our inclusiveness i guess how we we choose to to um to interact with one another it is natural for us to have assumptions it is natural for us to have assumptions now what isn't natural and what can be combated is what we choose to do with those assumptions and that essentially is where unconscious bias comes in so unconscious bias is simply when you make a snap assumption and you make decisions on that snap assumption um, and that might be from past experience that might be from present media uh, and you know that's why representation matters it's so important that we have representation within the black community on a wide huge platform because essentially if you do not have representation if there isn't an education if people are not educating themselves on the fact that as a black person you are diverse and you do things differently then it is naturally going to lead to unconscious bias you know it's something that is very important that as black people we push for but also for those who are under white privilege or, or work within white privilege or have white privilege rather sorry should have used the right word have white privilege they need to understand that unconscious bias then can exist and really work towards proactively combating that so i've got three examples if we think about racially where unconscious bias can can really be defined uh so the first one is affinity biased and the affinity bias is essentially when you unconsciously prefer people who look like you and yes yes no one's saying that being comfortable is a bad thing but when you are comfortable to the point that you have no understanding of others that's where it becomes a problem that is where it has to be challenged and again as black people that's what we need to challenge um and where you have white privilege you need to check your white privilege so there's the affinity bias there's the confirmation bias and this one's a very interesting one because i think this is what some people are are dealing with at the moment when we talk about white privilege and that is focusing on the evidence that backs up your views rather than all the facts you know some of the conversations that i've seen is you know i have black friends or um I listen to rap music, therefore I can't be a racist. That is confirmation bias. You're not looking at the bigger picture of white privilege. You are looking at the fact that because you can relate to certain parts of the culture, you you know you 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 have a, a wide understanding. We don't want you know confirmation bias. It's a no. It's still a bias, even though you may have some facts it doesn't equate to what you think it is because those facts only sit 
within what you think is is right essentially you're using those facts to back up your initial thoughts another one is recency bias and and that is making a snap judgment based on what has happened recently rather than a whole and again we can relate that to having white privilege because you might have a recency bias towards i think uh, something else i've seen as well is oh you're always playing the race card or this racism it's enough it's enough it's enough no it's not because this is again years and years and years and years of oppression and when you have a recency bias um in this kind of in this period it might be where you've seen so much and you've been challenged so much by black people by people of color around um your behavior towards them you have a bias to say actually they're talking too much you have a bias to say actually it's just it's 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 too it i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with this and you're you're kind of making sure that um i'm not able to say my my piece uh rather than thinking about actually as a whole we haven't we haven't really spoken and actually when you've had interactions with people that are black they have been very very honest it's only when you've been made to feel uncomfortable you're now having a bias to say black people are trying to talk too much sorry i sigh because i just think it's just when you just think back at it, you think, how many times have I heard that? How many times have I had, heard that conversation? And actually, I can't believe this is still a conversation that's being had by some whilst we are going through um, a real crisis. We've, we've been going through a real crisis. So, yeah, um, being aware of unconscious bias is really, really important. Combating conscious bias is even more important. So, being your best self in the workplace combat that unconscious bias where you see it where you can where you can be part of the education because i think it's interesting a lot of people have had this debate around you know as a black person do you educate others around how we feel and what we do i think we are part of the education however it is not our sole responsibility so it's not, you know, when we talk about unconscious bias, for example, it's important to call these things out. It's important to be solutions focused, but it is not our responsibility to make sure that is embedded. That is a responsibility of each and every person who partakes in that. So, yeah, hopefully that's kind of helped in terms of explaining what unconscious bias is. Um, and, yeah, just really being able to make sure that we call it out. Uh, and we also not participate in it ourselves as well because it's very good it's something that i'm really making sure that i do is introspect as well uh, as well as be more vocal and be more open on to the second to last one um be calm and be confident i'm going to chuck some figures to you 15 percent of gender diverse companies and 35 percent of ethnically diverse companies are more successful than their counterparts so if you've got um a company which is more gender diverse they are 15 percent more likely to be successful and if you've got a company that is uh, ethnically diverse then you have that company is likely to be 30 35 percent more successful than their counterparts you are meant to be there sorry that uh, information is from McKinsey uh, and I'll kind of link where I found that but you are meant to be where you are 
I think it's very important to, to really emphasize that point. So I will say again, <clears throat> after I cough, you are meant to be exactly where you are. And I know imposter syndrome is real because I have been through imposter syndrome. But in order for your business to be successful, in order, you know, if you work for a company, if you're self-employed, obviously, you know what you're doing. But this is particularly for those who work in businesses. In order for your business to be even more successful than its competitors, you are meant to be there. You are meant to be there. So when we are having these conversations, when we are speaking and you come against, because some people are going to be aggressive. They're going to be defensive about what you're trying to say, how you're trying to express yourself. Um, and they'll try and label it. Be calm. Be calm in how you relay those facts and be confident that you are meant to be there. It's so important because otherwise, it you know, it's wrong to label us and it is easy to label us. Whilst if you are confident, well, I don't know if it, it, it I don't know if anyone else experiences, I hope they do, because I think this is amazing, but I know for me. I am most confident when I know exactly what I'm talking about. I am the most confident when I know, actually, this is information which is solid. I believe in it. I trust it. So when you are going to your colleagues, when you are going to um, even people outside. Uh, so, for example, I'm going to use dating for this because we haven't spoken about dating yet. I'm going to just plug it in there. Uh, when we're talking about dating, you know what you want. And you know what you bring to the table. Hopefully, you know, as a, a woman, for example, um, who may be listening, you know what you bring to the table. Uh, as a man who may be listening, you know what you bring to the table. Being calm and being confident when someone maybe comes to you and says, oh, you think you're too nice, you think you're too hot, etc., 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 etc. Even if we bring it into the context of dating um, within the black community, being calm and being confident, knowing that you bring something amazing to the table, that's all you need. That is all you need. And whoever is for you will understand that. Same thing in the workplace. Being calm, being confident, you know, not accepting something as it is um, when you know that there is a diplomatic and a really effective way to achieve something more so important so 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 important especially now like I said we, we're having these conversations it's important to really make sure that you articulate yourself in the best way you possibly can because what you're saying is true what you're saying is real. What you're saying doesn't need to be verified by anybody else's facts except your own because it is your own experience. So being calm and being confident, dating-wise, workplace-wise, life-wise, really, really important. And on to my final point, my final point, is remember your joy. And I've spoken about this a fair few times. There's a couple of podcasts one or two podcasts um, that I've been on and I've talked about my work journey um, thus far. And 
you know, the reason why I say remember your joy, and I kind of referenced to it earlier on, is because where you should be in the workplace is somewhere where you are celebrated. You know, it's one thing to be calm and collected. It's one thing to make sure that you're challenging unconscious bias. It's, you know, it's one thing to make sure that you are unlearning co-switching. But where you are celebrated, where you feel happy, where you feel fulfilled, where you are, you know, appreciated. And, and, and this is something that is, can, it, it's even, even now it's being pushed further but there are places that celebrate black people already. Um, you know, we want them to do it even more, but they celebrate black people already. And so where you are appreciated in a team, in a company, that's where you should be. Remember your joy. And um, you know, I'll use some examples for from myself. So I remember when I first started within learn development, I worked for a company. Um and I, I absolutely love the company, but I remember um, a particular conversation I had with one of my colleagues and I was, gosh, like 20, maybe three, 24 at the time. I was, I was in my early 20s, definitely. I was, I was, you know, still relatively young, definitely very young in my career. Uh, and she was saying, you know, you're being really aggressive. You're making me feel uncomfortable. This was a big, big woman. This woman was... I won't expose her age, but she was an elderly woman, you know, not frail as well in a very senior position. Um, but she used my colour to manipulate the situation. She used the fact that I was a black woman who was very, you know, knew herself very well and could articulate herself very well. She used that as uh, to manipulate the situation and make it seem like I was the aggressor. That's that's the word to use. I was the aggressor. Um, and I remember actually after that point where there was a particular situation where I think she had made a mistake, uh, I had to get involved. I kind of said, well, this needs to be verified because I need to report to my manager. Um, and then she kind of manipulated that situation to she's being really aggressive. And then I got told off by my manager for trying to get work done. Um, I remember the situation changed after that and it just felt like I was stagnant. So I left and I moved into a few other roles. Um, and then I finally got into a role which I loved. And that was amazing as well. But even in that, it got to a point where they didn't want to progress me. They, they didn't want to progress me. And actually, I remember when I finally chose to move on, um, <laughs> handing in my resignation, the reply that I got was, well, we weren't planning to progress you anyway. And I do think to an extent it was to do with kind of maybe the direction of the company. But I also do think a part of it was to do with the fact that I wasn't seen as worth progressing. Um, and I don't think that would have been the same if I wasn't black. So yeah, it's quite hard to kind of say that because I didn't really think about it before. Maybe I, I knew and I just didn't really say so much. Yeah, I'm just kind of 
I'm always processing it again, but that was really hard for me and was a confirmation that my joy needed to be somewhere else. So find your joy, find your joy, make sure that is at the forefront because as I'm sure we've all kind of sat down and we've pondered our, um, during a very, very different, somewhat difficult, somewhat eye-opening to 2020, life is short. Life is so, so, so short. And so finding your joy, finding your peace, finding where on a day-to-day -day basis you can be who you are, it's essential. It is essential. So hopefully that's helped. Hopefully I have um, given everyone who has watched this, everyone who's listened to this, some tips. Uh, again, listen to the podcast. Uh, so it is on Spotify, it's on SoundCloud. It's also on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, like I said, I will be continuing on with the season. Um, I'll also announce as well that I am doing a Instagram live tomorrow with the amazing Michelle Davies of Marby's Kitchen. Um, so I'll be putting some details up about that as well today. And that will be tomorrow at 7pm. Uh, so please do um, come if you are interested. So we'll be talking about our platform. So I'll talk a bit about how I started Community D. She'll talk about, about how she um, started Marvie's Kitchen in the podcast. Um, and yeah, just a bit more around kind of using your voice um, to be able to communicate effectively. So yeah, that hopefully should be really, really interesting. I'm sure it will be actually. And thank you for listening.